Yeah, you were saying basically. <laughs> I was um, trying to do a shoulder stand. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, I I'm familiar with the yoga terms. Yes. Yeah. Right. So in that, uh, I I was doing the Fight Master Yoga video with Flavio uh, Almeida. Oh yeah, it's good. I know that. Yeah. I know yeah. The whole so, thing. Forty-four minutes. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, but in that uh, he does one where he's lying on his back, his legs come over his head, and they touch the floor, and then wow. they go back up for a shoulder stand. Wow, pose to shoulder stand. Yes. Yes. So when my legs were going overhead and to touch the floor, they they couldn't. I was like, oh no. Have you developed a belly during this time? Oh, wait, he's on. Probably slightly. No, it's on. One sec. Okay, then. What's up, Rohit? There's the man right there. What's up, Rohit? Hey, how's it going? Do you think I need to wear earphones or anything? Uh, you can hear us, right? Yeah, I can hear you guys fine. Yeah, you're clear as well. Good. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Go ahead, Mohit. Cool. Awesome. Um, welcome to one more episode of Leverage Radio. Today we have with us Mr. Rohit Vasudevan. He is the ADCC Under 66 uh, Kilos Men's Pro Division Champion uh, of 2020 of ADCC India. He's a purple belt under uh, Professor Yuri Simois and is the head coach of the Institute of Jiu-Jitsu out of Bangalore. Rohit, thank you for being here, sir. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's awesome. Uh, How are you doing, man? How are you doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. I mean, I understand everyone's not been able to train, so it's getting to us, I guess. <laughs> I think that, that's, the, that's the main thing, I guess. No, but how have you been spending your hours, man? How have you been, how have you been making it through the day? It's weird. Like some, some days I feel like uh, I think I can get by. It. It, it seems okay. And then the other days I'm like, God damn, what the hell is happening? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I just pretty much just been working out like twice a day just so that time passes. That's the only way to, I think, pass time, I guess. And what's the scene in Bangalore, bro? Like what's the vibe there? Um, see, things have started to open up now. And uh, we're seeing a lot more movement on the road. In fact, I went to the gym today as well, just to take a look because, in fact, we're we're going to be vacating from the current place soon. Mm-hmm. So we have to get rid of all the mats and all of that. Start taking them down. So I just did a test trip to see like what the situation is, and seems to be okay. There seems to be movement, and they're saying it's only for essentials basically. But cops don't seem to be stopping us. They're just trusting us basically. Yeah, it's the same scene here. Things just started to open up. Um... But you're moving locations. You've, you've got another location lined up now? Not yet. I mean, so assuming that this COVID thing is going to take time for like JITS to like really come back in like full flow, basically like having 20 people or 25 people on the mat, I don't know if that's advisable still. Uh, I'm guessing training in like small groups should be kind of okay. So for the meantime, I guess we don't really need an academy. So I think we're just holding off and we got to time it right because... Uh, unfortunately, we have to pay rent for this place as well. And then now getting to the new place, if we're going to be paying rent, is just going to be like hell for us. So we need to time the new place exactly when we can just start classes like at, at full go. That makes sense, man. Um, how are your students coping during this time? Oh, dude, don't ask. <laughs> Everyone asks me for like online classes. So I think that's the, that's the, uh, going forward, I think that's going to be the big thing right now, I guess for all of us, right? Because, yeah, man. I, I've just I've just started doing those. Um, exactly, I was following. Yeah, so I I think that's really the way to go. 
Yep, it's not easy, bro. Speaking for an hour. <laughs> I'm just I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just basically I I sit in front of a fucking screen and I speak okay. for an hour straight. Oh shit! <laughs> I've never done that in my life. And, uh, how about your students? I mean, are, are they forming like small groups of uh, individuals where they can like train together, or how how does it work? Because yes. I'm guessing just watching videos. Why? Why would we just? Why would they watch our videos, right? Or at least mine, for that matter. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so they are. I mean, they are the guys who are. They live nearby. They do train together, but uh, for most of it, these guys are just basically um, catching up on the theory that they've missed or classes yeah. they've missed. I think, out. I think that'll be the big thing, right? Like mm-hmm. going with the theory of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else to do? Yeah, Rabi. I mean, we are in a situation where um, these these poor guys. They need some kind of direction. I'm just Those trying are, to get them, keep them engaged as I much agree. as I can. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, up until now, because we couldn't form groups, I, I was, I mean, I just hesitated to put out online videos because it would just be like workouts. Like, I mean, what the hell? That just doesn't make sense. Like a bunch I know. of people. I, know. Like, I, I, I thought of doing, uh, I mean, I didn't actually. Mo's the kind of guy who does push ups and then post okay, nice. out. How have you been passing your time then? Me? Yeah. I have, um, I've been training myself, so I've been going to the gym myself. Um, okay. I have one student who, who's been living there because he Got hasn't it. been able yeah. to make it back to his hometown. Oh shit, nice. That's okay though. That's really cool of you though. So I have an Uki who I can... Uh, so just practice stuff on. <laughs> to just throw around all day. So I mean, I, I pass my time. I'm, I'm making through it. I'm making uh, you look close to the gym? I live four minutes away. Oh shit, perfect then. Nice. Yeah, so I'm very lucky. I, think, that I think that's what that's what I'm looking for in the new place. Well, like uh, when we started off, the gym was really close by, but uh, now we've moved to like I mean, which is at least like maybe three or four kilometers from my place. And honestly, that I'm quite lazy, so making it to that evening session is just like hell sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bangalore that way it takes you a while from to get from one place to another. True, right? true. Even for these small distances, it takes about like 20-25 minutes in that's the evening true. if you're going by like. The car is just like it's, it doesn't make sense at all. That must be a good change right now with the lockdown. Sorry, that must be a good change with the lockdown right now. You can get from it's, A to B. It's literally gone back to like how Bangalore was in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just chaos everywhere. No one's following rules and stuff, but there's hardly any traffic, so you can afford to do so. Have you been in Bangalore your whole life? Pretty much, man. I moved here when I was like two years old. So, and um, how long have you been training, man? Um, started training mid 2012-ish sometime. Yeah, so we are going to be eight years now. Yeah. So I started training in November 2012, dude. Oh uh, shit! Nice man. Pretty yeah. Nice at the same time, then amazing. That's pretty cool, man. So um, so I hear you basically trained yourself like I have. Um, how did you get uh, connected with Kayotera uh, and your Yuri? Uh, so the Kayo thing happened through, I don't know. So I don't know if you remember at the ADCC, there was another team that competed called Four Pillar. Yes. And, uh, Prashant, their head coach, basically, uh, we became good friends and, uh, he had visited Kayo sometime, I think in about 2016 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they approached me with, um, uh, an affiliation and, and at that time he was affiliated to Hidero and that kind of fizzled out over the years. And right at that time, I was just uh, reviewing like Kayote online and stuff. And I just thought, okay, he seems like a nice dude. 
So, and PK knows him. I think let's approach him for an affiliation because it was impossible for me to promote people, uh, though they deserved it. And being a blue belt, I, it didn't make sense for me to like promote people. So, I thought maybe if you get an affiliation and get some, somebody down and have a first wave of like promotions, that would be like great. So, we went ahead and they, they seemed to uh, like us as well. And there was a, we were put to a vote and stuff and they, they accepted us as affiliates and yeah, we've been there for like two years. And in fact, this whole year, they've uh, waved off our affiliation fee, which is like pretty cool about them. I mean, that's, that's really sweet, man. Yeah. This is Prashant Kota. Uh, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So he's in the same city? He's in Bangalore? No, he's in Chennai. Oh, he's in Chennai. Oh, that's cool, man. Um, so have you had a chance to train with any of the guys, uh, anybody else in, in the country? Um, um, as yet? No. Actually, no. So you haven't been down to train with the cross chain? No, not really. I haven't. I've I've literally been to Delhi only once before the ADCC. Oh shit, dude! Yeah, and that was that was also for another tournament, and I didn't take part in that. And uh, we we didn't stay back. We went to Himachal and stuff. So there was no way for me to train. And this time also, I just came back to Bangalore like literally the next day. Yeah, this time I've also been following. I've been following Devay. She's still somewhere in. Yeah, he he's from Himachal, so he's. Oh, he's from Himachal. Yeah, life is still there. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. Because I messaged him. I messaged him the other day to get him on the undercard against okay. a guy from our academy. Okay, nice. And uh, yeah, so he's. I think he's a little bit worried about this Corona thing, like we all are. Um, of course, yeah. So, um, so yeah, man, he's chilling. That's pretty cool, man. He got lucky that way. We're stuck. Do you guys uh, plan on having the competition, though, if it all Dude, it does happen? So as soon as the last academy that's competing, yeah, they open. Six okay. weeks after that. Got it. Yeah, I think that's ample time. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because man, it makes no sense to have um, people who are gassing out. Yeah, I can imagine. Holy shit! Because that that happened in ADCC for us as well. Like a bunch of us just like smoke before the tournament and like, oh my god, <laughs> you are just like dying. That's the that mistake we won't repeat again. Yeah, I think Piyush mentioned that as well when we had a chat with him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. Lesson learned. Uh, will you be coming down uh, to Delhi for the leverage oh, fight? Sure. Yeah, man. For sure. Definitely. I'll be there. Awesome. awesome. That's good. So that'll be yeah. It's been, it's, I mean, I haven't like really trained with anyone outside of India. And I think like, I'm looking forward to training with Ashwin a lot. Where have you trained, man? Um, so um, I've seen a couple of interviews on, on the IJJ page, Instagram page. Uh, yeah. You, you train outside a little? Um, so the only, I trained for two months in London. This was like six six months into uh, six six or eight months into starting jiu-jitsu. I had a friend living in London, and uh, and I was in the UK the year before for my masters, and so I was like kind of familiar with the place. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll just take this time off because I was trying to apply for a PhD, mm-hmm. and I had a break basically, and so. Uh, at that time, I thought, okay, maybe I'll go to my friend's place and live there. Basically, uh, she'll put me up mm-hmm. and uh, ended up, I, I had no idea of like which academy to go to and stuff. I, I reached her place and then uh, Googled what the closest academy was and it happened to be London Fight Factory, which is uh, which is a good gym in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I started just, just walking down there. It was like maybe a 15 minute walk at best. Yeah. So... Started walking there every day, trained twice a day. And then at the end of my trip, which was basically two months long, mm-hmm. uh, I got promoted to Blue Belt. And then it was, it was mainly a trip to 
figure out like should I be teaching jiu-jitsu to people that was more important because I mean I just want some sort of validation for that and yeah when I got my blue belt I'm like okay at least I know I can teach some people so and then I came back and started doing this <laughs> and the PhD thing fizzled out <laughs> what was this a PhD in man uh, I did my master's in aerodynamics and race car aerodynamics and uh, yeah. and I was looking for a PhD not necessarily something similar but in in the aero field itself huh. And they, I think in 2012 is when they stopped uh, basically funding people outside of the EU. Okay. So it didn't make sense for me to pay for a PhD. So I'm like, okay. That's pretty cool, I guess, man. I guess I'm going to be into it. So then. Dude, even, even Mohit got, so Mohit got his bluebird in, uh, in London as well, Mohit. Okay, from where? Um, I got mine from Gracie Baha. In London? In uh, London, that's right. So okay. I basically was Mario Hayes teaching there before. Sorry, who when was when he was part of Gracie Baha? Wasn't he teaching at Gracie Baha London? Uh, who? Sorry, uh, Mario Hayes. Uh, he wasn't there. Okay. Uh, basically, I think also with Gracie Baha, how it works is if you train under their school for a while, got it. You get that affiliation and like. Anybody, like there could be three different Gracie Bahas in and all possibly with different guys heading oh, it. Different, okay. Yeah. So it's more of a radius thing that they don't allow. Certain yeah. Yeah. So it's not exactly that. Okay. This territory belongs to so-and-so from okay. our gym. Okay. Uh, so who's the instructor there then? At, uh, it was, uh, his name is Edward uh, Carelio. Okay. Okay. He's a Brazilian okay. guy. He's, he's a good guy, man. Um... I think one of the reasons I also went was this, that like with Ashwin and Jangir at the time at Warriors Cove, like I was getting really frustrated and I, uh, I was just kind of stuck. Okay. So, and at that time we weren't, there were no belts, there was no promotion. We were just kind of grinding it out. What year was this? And I had to go for my master's. So I was like, okay, let's pick a place. What, was where, what was the year? 2015. Okay, nice. That was like... Quite a while ago then. Yeah, so 2015, 2016 trained there. Uh, and just before I was leaving London, I got my blue belt. Nice. And um, yeah, and you know, very similar reasons to yours as well, man. Because I was like, okay, this this means that there is some legitimacy. Yeah. Now, can we make a go of this? Because exactly, yeah. uh, it's I'm a hard glad, thing to... And I'm glad that you actually like... Um, think along the same lines as me because I mean there are a lot of people like just putting out content there without knowing stuff oh it's beautiful no there are a lot of people who know stuff who also put out some interesting content <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I have to sit at home or sit in my academy and watch this stuff so I mean <laughs> oh my god yeah this is he's referring to my push up videos no 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 no, no. push up videos man this is pure um, BJJ stuff that people are just throwing out there yeah, I mean, Instagram has just become a platform for this now. Bro, but that McDojo life stuff is gold. Yeah, that Mumbai guy came on it recently, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we found him last year. Uh, the, Hicks and Gracie, the Hicks and Gracie Black Belt from Mumbai, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Not a very major, apparently. Apparently, he has an academy in Bangalore now. I would bro. check him out, bro. You got to run through that uh, guy. He's <laughs> just go jogging through it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes I just feel like, Fuck it, there's a place for everyone in Jiu-Jitsu. Exactly, dude. Like, these guys are... Yeah, but like, 
they can't teach wrong shit. I mean, I mean, I agree. I, I agree. Of course, that, I'm like, you know, that's dangerous. Like you give people this false sense of like, oh, you can do this and you can do that. Yeah. That's really no good for anybody. I, I think, you know what, some of the people that go there though, probably even know that it's not legit. And I think they just want to be part of a community. Basically. Right. Um, because that's, I mean, that's what the whole fake martial arts scene is kind of built on. right? It is, man. I mean, um, Again, similarly, I, I I used to get all riled up about these videos that used to come on. Yeah. But then I was like, dude, what's the point, man? You're going to stoop down to an idiot's level. And <laughs> yeah, don't exactly with yeah. Him. yeah. I don't want to be the moron cussing out some guy teaching this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I look like a fool also then, no? True, yeah. There was a time uh, when uh, Ashwin was super active on Facebook and just calling out people like, oh, you should have <laughs> And we started like the whole, a lot of us started ganging up on this one poor person. Mohit, you're, you're telling him that cool, man. you're telling the world we bully people. Can you not do that right now? We used to. Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> please. Only I thought this was the tell-all podcast, Ashwin. No, please accept your personal mistakes, not mine. <laughs> okay. So, you know what does a regular training session, uh, training day look like for you um, when we are not in these apocalyptic times? Um, usually it's a morning session. We start at around, so we have a beginner's class at 6.30 in the morning, followed by an advanced at 7.30. Mm-hmm. And I usually don't go for the beginners. I'm, I'm there sometimes at the end of the class. Uh, just start either warming up or sometimes just jump into the positional rounds that they're doing or if they're rolling I probably don't jump in and we start at 7.30 go on till about let's say 9.15ish usually and post that we work out and we work out on Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays so assuming it's a Monday uh, uh, we work out after training and head back home grab lunch, take a nap and then come back for evening class, which is again, like maybe about an hour and a half. When you say workout, um, you, you lift weights, you do yoga? Yeah. What is this uh, we lift weights. We usually, I mean, depending on what the goal is, I'm either doing some kind of strength training or Olympic lifting or something. You do anything for cardio except for situations? No, absolutely not. not All right. Not. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, grappling as a sport, I feel sometimes, do we really need to be like running and it doesn't really need road work or doesn't need like cycling and stuff. I think it's more efficiency related. If you're like a good, efficient grappler with good grips, I think, I think you can make do. <laughs> I agree with that completely. And if you're like an explosive guy, like, I don't know, like a, maybe like a Mahmoud Ali or something, maybe it, it would probably make sense to like run because he's on his feet a lot, but yeah. Yeah, otherwise I don't, I don't see the need. And do you do any yoga or any flexibility work? I, I try to, I mean, I, I mean, I try to dabble in yoga a little bit and um, I feel like I can't last through an, <clears throat> an entire yoga session just because I'm not motivated enough to do it right now. So <clears throat> I'm just trying to do like one asana a day now. I just pick an asana and I'm just doing it for like a minute or so. So that's, I mean, just something that I've just been trying uh, same, dude. I get but, I get so riled up trying to do yoga. It's yeah, it's it's a mental like that. Could record me. Yeah. Um, and then, like stretching on like Tuesdays and Thursdays, like like strict stretching for about forty five minutes ish. Okay, so you have um, this is a part of your schedule. That's I mean. Yeah, I mean, I had to. I realized because otherwise, like 
I was the only one stretching and then like a couple of others and then the whole class was in and then like injury started like if at all they start piling up I mean we wouldn't want that so have you developed any uh, I mean I myself have knee troubles do you have any nagging injuries that's been bo- that have been bothering you um uh, nothing as yet I, I mean I have a recent elbow injury that started to bother me a lot mm-hmm. but otherwise I'm I'm pretty okay that way good man yeah that's- what injuries do you have I have I have like one meniscus left in one of my knees, so I've had like I've had three knee surgeries. These are injuries from not from grappling, I'm guessing. From grappling, one from wrestling, one both majorly wrestling mostly. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a knee buster for sure. Yeah, man. Um, so tell me, dude, uh, this this affiliation with Kyotera, do they post out? Do they give you videos to follow or schedule to follow? How does it work? No, not really. I think it's it's really more. It's marketing. Not really for uh, probably marketing for them just so that they can say like okay we have these many academies around the world and even for us like even for you guys yeah honestly yeah that's one thing and the other is honestly for me I I've gotten so used to training without like uh, like an instructor so to speak uh, that I really don't know how to like follow if you were to guide me as well so I think it's more mentorship related probably right now and even with Kayo we don't have direct contact at all. Uh, with Yuri, it just so happened that he was in the Philippines. I think, sorry, he was in Australia. And we mentioned that, okay, we, we, we're part of Kayos and would you like to come down? Mm-hmm. And and he obliged. And the promotion he did was a surprise as well. Like, he actually doesn't really owe us anything. Uh, I'm not sure how it works with the affiliation. I probably have to go there and visit once, which I haven't done at all. That's pretty cool, man. I, in fact, I saw him compete at the last ADCC where he injured himself. Yeah, that was really sad. Dude, he's, he's, a, he's a monster. Huh? What is it like rolling with him? Do you get to roll with him? Dude, no, I don't even want to like, recollect that like, memory. Holy shit. <laughs> he's a freight train. <laughs> you can't do anything. Heavy guy, huh? He's big. Heavy, powerful and probably, I mean, like William Tackett said recently, like he's the most powerful guy I've rolled with and I wouldn't doubt that. Like, oof, it was... It was nasty. Dude, I, he, he put me through the meat grinder. He didn't like hold back or anything. So, goddamn. I mean, um, so is that, I'm, I'm guessing that's the toughest role you ever had, huh? I wouldn't even call it a role. There was no chance. <laughs> toughest <laughs> mauling you ever had. <laughs> nothing. Uh, I rolled with Elliot Kelly before that. And we were doing a competition class, basically. And he, he had come down to do a seminar. Um, so, uh, that was a really tough role as well when, when we rolled because we were going at it because it was competition style. Like, man, tough. And that was Guy as well. Like, so Guy with like a heavier guy is just, oh, there's no way. And like, yeah, like play guard and stuff because of the grips. Do you recollect how many times you, uh, he caught you in that role? If he did? Uh, he got me two Kimuras during that role, if I remember correctly. The toughest role I've had is with Eddie Cummings at Unity. Oh, shit, I can imagine, yeah. And this is... You can do anything against... Is it December? Okay. Um, December of which year? Last year. Oh, nice. Okay. That's very recent. Okay. Very recent. This, I think this before you went underground. I think he's studying. He's back in college. Got it. Um, he caught me seven times in a five-minute roll. Fuck. <laughs> and were these all like... Uh, leg Not one leg lock. Not even a single leg lock, I'm assuming. Uh, one inverted knee bar, which... I've never seen my life before from that <laughs> angle. Um, but 
dude, seven times, and the guy weighs one forty-five. He probably walks around one one fifty-five pounds. Yeah, so he's not heavy, right? I walk around at one eighty-five, and no chance. Pain, yeah. pain, just so technical. So, so and, and this is at Unity. You guys trained at? Yeah, so I train at Unity uh, when I go out in New York. Um, okay. I go. Out, I try to go out at least once a year to the states. Okay. I first go to the West Coast. I go train with Mike, uh, coach of mine. Yeah. Yeah. He teaches the Hal Free, uh, the the Nogi program at Hal Freesies. Yeah. And then I fly out to Unity if I have the time and money. Um, and I go train there as well, man. Unity, I mean, they have the best of Gi and Nogi. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I think you get the best mix. Yeah, they have the Miao brothers uh, sitting there. Yeah. All day, but more than that, they have Murillo Santana, who's probably one of the best coaches I ever trained under in my life. How is like Murillo's voice and like person? Oh, dude, your testosterone level <laughs> just like jumps. reverberate. Like you can assume, like your eardrums. My testosterone level just jumps. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, no, so he's teaching a class with high-level black belts and first-day white belts, and he will pay attention to everyone from the guy who is competing the next day. At the ADCC trials, too. Yeah. That's amazing. First That's class amazing. I find that like hard to do in my classes. Dude, so tough. Yeah, I, that's that's really impressive, man. And he's there all day. He teaches back to back. He teaches gi no gi. How do these guys do it though? I think you need to come back home and sleep and stuff. Dude, these guys are there all day. I don't know how this guy does it. He just runs on coffee and a fucking adrenaline. I don't know. How yeah, these guys drink a lot of coffee and energy drinks. I'm guessing it's just coffee, dude. It's, it's it's ridiculous the kind of work ethic these guys have. Because we had Robert Deagle down in January, right? And yeah, he was pounding down uh, energy drinks as well. Like, <laughs> the whole, like, I mean, I was in, uh, I did Gary's seminar in Singapore. This was sometime in 2016, I think. Is Gary Tornin? Yeah, Gary Tornin seminar oh. in 2016 in Singapore. And literally when I met him, he was pounding down an energy drink as well. Dude, Gary Tonin is famous for his diet. Yeah, true. No, but uh, Robert Deagle, you mentioned. Uh, yes. Very uh, Eddie Wolverine type fellow. Dude, they're very, very similar. Similar size, similar... Similar size, similar style of guard play, I would say. I've been reading his, the, the content he puts out and uh, the write-up he does following the content. Um, yeah. So, based on that, I'm saying Eddie Cummings like... Um, yeah, that as well. The insight into grappling as well, like very, very has, ideal. Has he been working on a specific game um, for himself? Is he looking to post out some content on BJJ Fanatics? Do you know anything uh, about that? I'm not sure about BJJ Fanatics, but he's looking to... Uh, he has... He's put out a video with Combat Media, which is a, a, a British producing house, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I think when he went to the UK there, he made that DVD, a Leglock Defense DVD. And... He's going to do an update on it, is what he says. Leglock Defense. Oh, it's out there. Yeah. i got to check that out. Um, what about you, man? Anything specific you've been working on? Anything you've been coming up with yourself that's exclusive of what's out uh, there? We try to, in every position, try to add a little twist of our own. But I'm, I'm guessing that something groundbreaking for us to come up with is is pretty challenging, right? Because... Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, we we don't have that many high-level people training and we don't see that many high-level reactions every day happening. So, uh, to come come up with something profound may be really difficult, but just making small adjustments to the game. So, anything so, in particular you're looking to get like, working on, like Lackland stuff? Or? Really to begin with, I guess. 
and also a little bit of wrestling because our wrestling is weak as well. So, need on it from there. How was ADCC for you as a competitor and then as a coach? As a competitor, I felt I did okay. A uh, few mistakes here and there, which led me to like unnecessary like trouble, which I could have avoided. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also like kind of happy that it happened because uh, I'm a very very anxious person, and uh, growing up, I didn't really do very well in sports because I, I, I was like really uh, uh, bad performing under pressure. Um, <clears throat> with grappling though, somehow that doesn't seem to affect me as much because my first grappling tournament, I thought, man, I I, I don't know if the nerves are going to get me. And the first ever match I took part in, I won. And and I'm like, okay, this something feels different in this case. Mm-hmm. And that kind of built on on it. And I'm just kind of working on that part of the game, basically. Uh, the mental side of things because I, that yeah. way I was pretty like lagging behind. So... As far as ADCC is concerned, in this tournament, what happened is I was able to like stay calm and not really uh, build up on when I make those mistakes. Usually, like uh, one Singapore tournament which I took part in, I made a mistake. I mean, I could have come back from it, but I kind of let it build in my head, and I went on to lose the match. So, trying not to make that mistake again, and it just so happened that in this tournament, I was able to stay calm in these situations and at least come out on top. So. So, uh, you mentioned you made mistakes at ADCC. Uh, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, yeah. what were they? And please don't hold back on details and specificity. <laughs> okay. I like uh, all this shit when I'm a nerd when it comes to stuff. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, with, the, with the first match with uh, Aman, I, I got to the back pretty quick. But I got too uh, excited and tried to f- like get the finish way too soon. And... I didn't really go in a systematic way. I just started like bugging the neck unnecessarily and just put way too much effort into it. And I'm I'm happy that I was I let loose that way, but that was just not the right thing to do there. So sorry, I got cut off after the uh, after the Aman fight. Can you just go over that for a second? Really yeah. So, so the Aman fight, I I got his back pretty quick. In the beginning, he he went for a footlock and I, I and I barely bowled from there. Um, right. And then I got frustrated because I couldn't finish. I got really frustrated because and I wasn't doing anything systematic. I was just so excited that I got on the back so quick that I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start attacking the neck. <laughs> just had to stupid shit. And then <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, that didn't work out. I had his back for like I think three or three minutes or something. Like that. I, I don't remember exactly. Uh, I said, okay, fuck it. I just put him onto the side and uh, uh, I got to neon belly. Yeah, and then I randomly just sat back on a leg, and I'm like, okay, what am I doing? I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of happy that I let loose that way and grapple, but but at the same time, that's just such a stupid thing to do. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I should have just kept the pressure and tried to take the back again and been a little more methodical. Right. And okay, I, I finished the match, and I'm like, uh, my legs were burnt out because I, I held on to back for that long and just constantly switching the hooks. So I'm like, okay, let me just at least relax and. I'm glad I got through the first match. I was disappointed I didn't get the finish. Uh, but I'm like, okay, I still have another match to focus on. And let yeah, me just focus. I, I recall you had that uh, mandible attempt um, three times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, he was doing a phenomenal job defending, though. Like, He's a small man, guy. Just tucks very, it. Resilient, very resilient. Like, really good. Really cool. Um, and oh, but yeah, so next I match, 
the Go next on. match again uh, again i got to half guard and i pressured unnecessarily i mean i didn't have to really just keep the pressure and turn on the heat that soon i could have just held on to position a little better uh, and at that point i think when i put put too much cross face pressure it exposed my uh, uh free leg in the half guard and arna was able to kind of pull that leg in and get an ashigrami on me mm-hmm. uh and then he passed it to 50-50 and and then i'm like okay fine don't try to get out of the position super quickly there's no point you can't rush out of 50-50 it's impossible so i just kind of just collected myself again and he made the mistake of when i stood up he made the mistake of passing my leg to outside ashi again yeah he should have kept me at 50-50 and yeah. uh, the minute he passed it Yeah, the minute he passed it to outside Ashi, I started stacking him, and eventually exposed the back and got his back. I think that, so. The comeback was good in that, but I, I shouldn't have made that mistake of like just rushing into that cross face. No man, but like um, the experience showed in that match because I remember watching it. Sure. Okay. Uh, um, Arnav again was in a rush to finish that, and he yeah. got excited that he got his position on somebody so much better. Yeah, than yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. that was that was really awesome to watch from my perspective because um uh, i didn't see anybody else in this exact same situation i was which is coaching and competing on the same day um so just i mean it's nice to hear that you also go through the same thing man of uh, nerves yeah it's really cool to see like well likewise as well which were like i find a lot of similarities between uh the way you approach the game and like how you come up as well right so i think like that's that's really cool it must be a lot harder for you because you have to travel out of the city um how do you keep these guys if you do manage to keep these guys um relaxed and how do you prep them going into a match uh, when you're competing in the exact same tournament um what i mean just honestly just, I, what what do you I, say I, I, try to, i try to hide the nerves that i have because i'm i'm a super nervous nervous person like i said uh and and i have a history of not performing under pressure right so oh really uh, well, in jits that's not true so i'm like okay i'm, I'm just going to hide that uh, that side of the uh, emotion that i'm that i might show and i'm just focused only on the task at hand and just trying to like get through like drills and like all of those things that's it that's pretty hey. cool, that's pretty much it I, i mean i don't do anything special otherwise <laughs> so i i mean I, i i really shouldn't be giving giving them like pep talks and stuff i really don't even know what to say in those cases <laughs> they more like uh, we just more we just go with a technical approach i just tell them certain do's and don'ts and and maybe the mental aspect a little bit like i just more i try to just give them like my past experiences and tell them like how uh, what has happened in certain situations and if i could have done better i tell them what it could have been Are you are you off the? It's okay to lose, or you cannot lose approach. Uh, I think it's okay to lose, but as an individual, me, I mean, I, I I'm I'm not very fond of losing. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, but I think I but but I think losses do teach you because I did come back a lot stronger from my uh, Singapore losses, and I think I think it is an important part. I I don't think it should be happening all the time though, because then it means something wrong. No, in terms of telling your students. So I initially started out by uh, telling the guys I was teaching, you can't, you can't fucking lose, you can't fucking lose. Oh, okay, sorry, that way to my students. Oh, okay. Oh no, I have no problem with them losing at all. Right? Yeah, yeah at it all. Works better, man. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, it's nice when we win and stuff, but uh, this time, like I said, 
Uh, I knew we didn't win the overall for sure because uh, I mean, Sid had left a comment on my Instagram saying like best BJJ team in uh, India and stuff. I'm yeah. like, no, that's not at all true. Um, <clears throat> uh, maybe this was like way back in like 2012 when there was no other academies there training. We all did, so we had only MMA guys, but that's not the case at all now. And uh, sorry, I, I lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Um, no mind. Let me just start off by saying uh, that I don't think one odd competition is an indicator of uh, one, the best athlete in the country, the best BJJ competitor. For sure. Yeah. And of course, I think the uh, when it comes to finding the best BJJ team in the country, um, numbers play a big part, which uh, are not mentioned. For sure. Yeah. Right? Because um, there are a lot of academies which just flush out people uh, what personally what I've been trying to look at with my guys is quality over the quantity of yes. yeah. um, accolades of athletes so like I've been working very hard with these guys and I'm not looking to rush people into tournaments the way I'm not pointing fingers but uh, there are a few gyms who do that yeah of course yeah for sure and again I, I, I don't think firstly uh, when they told me I'm the best grappler in the country um, I think I'm one of the best rappers in the country because I've been working on it for years on end. You are you're phenomenal out there. I've been working for years on end, but again, for me to call myself the best grappler in the country, I would be a fucking dickhead. Right? That would be cringe. That would be cringe. So, <laughs> right? And I'm I, I'm about five years from cringe. I'm still I'm still not there. Uh, so, so like, I don't think one tournament is an indicator because. Um, a week after that, the same person could lose, the same team could lose. Yeah, could um, lose. And, what and, happens? And, and that's what I meant by saying, like, we really can't say who the best is, honestly. But having said that, I was impressed by the output and quality of the guys you have been producing. Um, yes, for sure. That's really because, kind of, um, because normally when I see the quantity of uh, competitors increase, the quality yeah. drops. Major. Quality starts to drop, yes. And that's uh, whereas with your guys, I've seen the graph only go upwards. Um, so, what have you been doing with them, man? Well, uh, these guys, I've been seeing that you guys have post-training chats. Uh, what exactly do these post-training chats Easily. do? Um, we just, on most days, is just reviewing whatever we've done at, at a particular session. We even try to, uh, at the end of the week, I do a Q&A on Fridays usually. We do a Q&A where we just discuss uh, things that we've done through the week or sometimes it just could be random questions that someone may have but ideally we try to stick to what we've done through through the week and that's the majority chunk of like answering questions but after every session we probably just discuss like on like small levels but what i tried to do recently was have only uh i mean have people basically dictate their own training for the advanced classes and i just gave them some goal setting forms that didn't really go as planned we didn't we didn't follow it at all but i think we should we're still not at a level to like implement it that well, I guess. I mean, as Indians, we don't really have that much discipline, I notice. Uh, compared to like, let's say like a David Goggins kind of character, which you find more in America, not not usually in India, right? So, um, yeah. So anyway, these goal setting forms, what we, what we try to do is basically have every uh, individual in the advanced class uh, kind of be responsible for their own growth on some level. So they'll do their own like let's say like Piyush for example want to focus on back 
Asha wants to focus on uh, leg locks and then we just kind of train with each other with what they want to work on, what they want to drill on, etc. And then we do a little bit of like position rounds from there. That's interesting, man. How has that been working out? Um, giving uh, we did this for we did this for like two months, and this was right before the ADCC. And results were honestly, I guess I can't really say right now because we one is we don't really have experience doing it that well. I think maybe we need to do more. But at the same time, I also noticed that if I give them too much freedom, then it's way too chaotic. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like I need to say, okay, back, you guys choose what you want to do in back. Like, let's say cross body, right? And one guy focus on just getting the strangle. I think that would be a more effective way, I'm guessing. I'm just going to try that, let's see, in the coming months. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself? How do you ensure that people stay? So, um... In the last six months, I've, what I've done is I've stopped tra- taking the beginner's classes. Um, okay. Instead, my sole focus is to teach the competition team. Okay. Um, so, my, I spend my days and nights researching and studying whatever I can get my hands on. Okay. And um, I'm just downloading it into the heads directly. <laughs> um, yeah, to a point where... The guys who make it through these training sessions, okay. they're making leaps and bounds in weeks. Like Amazing. this game isn't the same it was a week ago when if, if they are there every day. Uh, but the main thing I'm struggling with is, um, again, it's consistency in training. Uh, people are very, um, as you said, uh, Indians are not very disciplined with so- certain things. Uh, these guys just... I, I'm, I'm including myself in this, by the way. Like, I'm super not disciplined. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, getting these guys in the door is a problem. Uh, but keeping them there is not a problem. Getting them there on time, yeah. in shape, yeah. not stoned. True. That, <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, if you can, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but as long as you can make it to class, I think it's okay. Absolutely, man. And that's where I think the we fall off the wagon a little bit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so tell me, dude, uh, what are the any athletes we should look out for coming out of IJJ at the moment? I think pretty much everyone you saw at the pro division uh, didn't have really didn't have the best result necessarily. Um, I think, but we all messed up in our own ways, I guess. And it's going to take like a couple of more tournaments. But Debo's really good. Um, Piyush is really good. Devesh is really good. Um, and in the girls, we didn't have Asha compete in the pro division. Um, she would have liked to because she wants to do the ADCC trials as well. And she's she's also really, really, really good. So, uh, I, I mean, I've not found that kind of like savagery in any grappler. Like, I've, like we find like technique and smoothness and stuff, but just the the willingness to like go out of the way to break something. I haven't seen that kind of savagery. And so, I call them a assassination like, she's attempt. From rugby, she's from a rugby background. I think like that probably has something to do with oh, it. But. She, she tried to she tried to assassinate Meryl from our gym. I remember that very clearly. Meryl will have sling for a few days. I remember that. <laughs> so oh, Meryl yeah. survived an assassination attempt and lived to tell the tale, man. That's what we've been make fun of Meryl a lot of <laughs> Really impressive, yeah. She's a scary person in the gym as well. Like nobody yeah. wants to anger her in the gym or anything. No, so, so yeah, I, definitely one to look out for. In, so I, I've texted Asha actually asking her to put okay. trying to put her yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just telling me, yeah. Dude, I haven't been I mean, able to I find her. 
I honestly don't know who she can actually fight. I haven't found a person. Yeah. If you find someone, please let me know, man. I've been telling her also. She's just been sending me honestly, profiles. Yeah, she. That's that's all. That's all she said. I'm just gonna send him profiles and let's see like what they can come up with. It's tough. Yeah, oh, it's man. tough. Ah, so yeah. you were saying Asha then? Asha, and then we have Nihal as well, who's coming up. He was in the uh, intermediate division. And Nihal, uh, uh, Matchak, Joseph. Yeah, Matchak. Yes, that's right. Should we go by Instagram name? That's so cool. Yeah, man. Uh, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, so he's he's someone to look out for as well. He's really dedicated, um, and he definitely wants to take up jiu-jitsu at least professionally on some level, like either competing, teaching, whatever it is, right? So. And I think these guys are young enough to really make a mark. Yeah, at least set the trend going for like future Indian grapplers to like, you know, at least believe that they can be in the ADCC and whatnot, you know. I'm, I'm sure like the I'm sure the first wave of Indians are not even gonna win for sure. It's just it's just not possible, right? Like Nah, we'll win. Realistically, like how old are you by the way? Sorry if I if you don't mind. Hey, me Twenty seven, you? Okay, I'm I'm thirty. I'm gonna turn thirty three this year. Fuck, I'm gonna turn thirty three. Yeah, yeah so we'll win this shit, dude. We can win that. So, I mean, realistically speaking, if let's say we win the trials and we make it to the ADCC, of course we want to win, right? But I think that itself is quite a big step, which will allow generation now it's hard to like also go there you know do it and surpass yeah exactly so hopefully we can win it yeah man we should win and uh, we gotta train together bro but and then we gotta train together a lot I guess like going forward good for sure man and like kind of shoot ideas back and forth and mm-hmm. for both our gym I mean as well because you know, it's like, been a long time coming we gotta do this and um, is so that there is a lot more cross training there's a lot more development and, uh, I think uh, that's the way ahead. There's not enough ideas being passed around, and in isolation, it won't happen, man. Like um, you need the the challenge always has to be there in terms of on the floor. Like yeah. you, if you're leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else in your gym, then um, you know that's what you think that you are leaps and bounds ahead of everybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's only when it comes. Uh, yeah. so, and and you know like the other thing is competition is different from training in your gym yeah because in competition you know whenever your arms last got like super gassed in the gym tell me yeah you know so and that's like the first thing that happens to most guys who For compete sure. uh, my forearms are gassed my biceps are gassed why what did you do not really much exactly yeah um, so, no so i i was i was going to ask you um you struggle with finding training partners? Um, I haven't really. Let me let me correct time. myself. Let me correct yeah. myself. Do you struggle with competitive training partners? Finding competitive training yeah, partners to some, to some degree, yes. Okay. So I mean that's why I try to build the guys around me to the best of my abilities, just so that. Are you of that kill the master mindset? Uh, yeah, I don't mind them like coming after me like that. I think like that's important for me to grow as well. Yeah. And I think that's part of the that's part of the cycle of nature anyway, right? So absolutely, I think you might as well embrace it. And it's good that these guys come after me and 
don't give me an easy time for sure. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, except, except, except me, like, when, like, for example, when Robert Deagle came, like, the level was surprisingly different. Like, their tenacity when it comes to just going for the legs over and over and over again, that's a little hard to deal with. <laughs> you don't find those kind of training partners necessarily. No, you don't, man. Uh, but that's what, what what you need today because if you don't find those training partners, you exactly. just keep up. Yeah. Me and, that's, and that's why every one of us need to look outside of the gym to some degree. True, true. Uh, me, on the other hand, uh, a lot of my training partners will probably catch me, but um, not Mohit. So, you know Mohit here? <laughs> He's never going to catch me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, the problem is when I do catch him, if ever, he doesn't tap. So, I'm like, wait. Like, I don't want to do anything more than this, you know. <laughs> the one time that that did happen was like, what, two weeks out of ADCC, I popped his knee. Oh, shit. Because uh, what, what does he do? He sits there with, I have both my legs squeezing on his and I'm just turning and I, he's not reacting, nothing on the face, no flinch. <laughs> and then it's a small pop and I was like, oh, fuck, no. He's training uh, <laughs> probably for... Sorry? He was doing the poker face training probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And um, well, anyway, so. Sometimes, sometimes he goes like into like savage mode and he's like, go on, break it, break it. I dare you. Break it. <laughs> and I'm like, everybody who's rolling him after that is like, um, no thanks. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> like, it's cool. <laughs> but uh, you kind of need that savagery, man. No, these guys catch me a lot, of course. Uh, but. I would definitely not risk my limbs with. <laughs> Man, I wish I wish I had that kind of wisdom, but sometimes <laughs> it comes with age. Yes, the better of me sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Rohit, uh, what what's like some solid motivation for you? Like, why are you doing this? Why did you get into this? Um, what are your reasons? When I, when I got into it. First, it was more because I actually got into Jiu-Jitsu itself because of like a random mugging related kind of incident. And um, so I actually, when I started teaching Jiu-Jitsu, it was more for self-defense. I never even thought of competition. Um, I really just wanted to help other people out because people seem to not know what Jiu-Jitsu is at all. And I thought I'd just do my part for Jiu-Jitsu. Um, but I think as I think time went on, like literally, I think after my London Fight Factory trip, because that was not at all a self-defense gym. And I started learning all like competition techniques and all of that, right? So I think because of that, it, and, and just prior to that also, I just kind of got a little more into the sport sport aspect of it. And mm-hmm. and, and and I thought, okay, like we when we entered our first competition and, and won, I thought, okay, maybe this is something that we can do as well. It's not just that we need to focus on self-defense. So I just... Um, now, uh, my, my goal, at least for the gym, is to definitely be one of the stronger gyms in, within Asia. Mm-hmm. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure that's achievable on some level. And basically have some sort of like uh, a, a, a network or a hub of like people coming down and training and at least have IJJ kind of known for that. Mm-hmm. We, that's cool, man. Like that. I mean, like you said a few years ago, there's hardly anything. Um, so, what? How have you seen the evolution of jujitsu 
uh, in India? Like, what has been your experience with? See, I'll tell you. Like, when we started in 2012, we were pretty much fighting either MMA guys or wrestlers of a judo background. Sometimes not many wrestlers in South India. Like more judo, okay. more judo related people, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> or in fact, one tournament we entered, there were even like karate guys that entered, and yeah, that and they both fought a karate guy. I remember, and he got mount, and the guy started tapping. I think if I'm not mistaken, it was like super weird. So anyway, this was in like 2013. That was our first big tournament that we took part in, and where we had like other teams from uh, India come in and stuff, and nobody knew anything that time. And and this ADCC, like if you notice, like the trend has changed so much that. Um, I, I was seeing like people caught in heel hooks, like full blown heel hooks, and still not tapping. Or, or if you remember Debo's match with Sean, uh, mm-hmm. he was caught in a pretty tight knee bar. I mean, it may yeah. not have extended all the way and broken his leg, but it's still people taking yeah. risks and chances yeah, yeah. in those positions, not because they're being ballsy, but they sort of know that okay, I am taking this risk and this can happen, and they know the pathway out in, in most of the cases, and. We've just seen this trend, like kind of just change over a period of time. Like every year, we compete. We usually don't compete as much. We compete maybe once a year as a team, and in fact, like even less than that sometimes. But so we really see the trend changing. And in fact, when we when I met Ashwin and in Bangalore, like that time itself, I was like, man, who are these Warriors Cove guys? Like super impressive, even in the that- game. That, um, that I think that was the first time we came down because I didn't know about you guys. Uh, I mean, I heard about you guys from Ivan when he had come down to do a seminar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that's about it. And and I and I thought you guys were an MMA gym, right? So I thought, okay, uh, not something that uh, necessarily I have to pay heed to. I was really, I didn't really bother to look. And then mm-hmm. when I uh, met Ashwin at uh, Bangalore, man, I was super impressed. Uh, in fact, I was going to ask you about something that happened in that tournament. Uh, one of our guys jumped guard on one of your <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How's the guy's knee? Can you tell me the exact injury if you know? Honestly, we don't know the exact injury because he hasn't even gone and done any sort of MRI or anything like that. No, no, no. So, he's, he's still having a little trouble with the knee because, uh, I mean, when he works out and stuff, that's when it starts to nag him a bit. And Or if I catch him in a heel hook or a knee bar, it's definitely not as comfortable, let's say. Yeah, well, uh, the, well, the guy who did jump guard, he popped his knee about two weeks after. What happened? Just a uh, meniscus tear, man. So uh, he he's just gotten back, and he just Pardon. finished rehab. So <laughs> that's unfortunate. I guess he's that's actually that's super. He's actually a Chinese spy. <laughs> my theory that he's the one who's caused this corona. Them, I'm I'm not big on them. Not way too big on them, at least. I mean, it some, sounds like some of, are, some of them I understand. Okay, there is obviously some some water to them, but obviously. What are we talking about? Conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it ended. Please, please, please. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> oh my God, is he big on it? Sorry, is Mohit big on it? You're no, I mean not particularly. But one second, look at Mohit right now. Okay, look you guys have to look at the sign yeah. behind him. He spent four hours on that sign. Hey, we have to have some production value. Four <laughs> hours, and in the last podcast, that sign was backwards. 
Oh my god. Not even he spent four hours on that sign and had to take a nap after. Mohit is bravo <sighs> of this podcast. Um, what do you do at home all day apart from training twice? Like, what are other things that you're interested in that you use to pass the time? Then usually. Uh, I started watching a lot of like video games, like watching people play. I, 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 <laughs> I don't play video games. I mean, because I know, I, because I know Oakley, so I don't want to get into that. But I've been watching a lot of Quake. That's what I do. Pretty much in my free time, I I I, I get baked and I watch a little bit of Quake. And uh, now I'm trying to like study up on some of the stuff that I like kind of lost touch with, like what I was doing in the UK. And I'm also like watching a little bit of like physics related stuff. So. Um, Pretty much spending my time doing that and uh, watching some stupid movies or something. Leave your brain behind kind of movies because usually I'm like studying otherwise through the day, right? So uh, either jujitsu or anything else. So with my movies, I don't like them like super serious. I like a lot of action and mostly leave your brain behind stuff. I'm mostly sort of like just comedies. I can't do anything else because I was like, man, there's so much drama and so much stress. Somebody the other day said you should watch The Contagion. I said, why the fuck would no, I want? No, 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 I don't watch that stuff. No ways. Like, why? <laughs> I, I usually just watch like pure just balls to the wall action. <laughs> so tell me, dude, uh, Rohit, you planning on competing before ADCC if things do open up soon? Mm, don't know, man. Because with the new, uh, I mean, with the new academy, trying, yeah, to, course, I'm, yeah, trying yeah. to put up the new academy. That's the, that's. I feel it's going to take a big chunk of my energy and time. I feel so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if we find a place and I can settle in soon, then I don't mind doing. But I'm expecting. Um, I don't know about you guys, but real estate prices should go down after all of this. That's what they're saying. So hopefully, but realistically, I think we can. Let's say as a gym, we can open. August, September. Yeah. I mean, we were supposed to open an academy as well. And our slot was supposed to be May, June. Okay. uh, To get some of the summer rush. But I guess, yeah, September. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I I don't know if if people are going to start snitching on like gyms and stuff when when we open. Oh, I think that's quite possible because. uh, But I know, you know, what's happening is like. Barbers and all are running around to people's houses now, and yeah, they they opened the sort of lockdown. I mean, exactly. I what, don't know what. What did you get a visit from the barber recently? <laughs> no, man, it's been a while. Uh, let's. Why do we always bring this up, man? It's, <laughs> can we have one episode of this? I was walking, I was walking into the gym today, and my and we have a salon in the floor below. So literally, the the owner of the salon entered the elevator at the same time. And uh, he noticed my hair and was like, dude, do you want a haircut? I'm like, fuck yes, for the first time. <laughs> so I booked up an appointment with him. And he's going to do it in private. So literally, there's a private haircut available now. Fuck. Damn, dude. It's a big change, man. Like, who would have thought that this is what happens? Like, yeah. Like, I wonder what the new norms are going to be post the lockdown. Like, what's post corona life like? Are we going to like shake hands? Are we, I don't know, man. I'm sure we're going to have a bunch of like germophobes that are not going to shake hands and. <laughs> but are going to roll. Yeah. 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 Well, like, obviously, imagine shaking, not shaking hands after. Like, no, no, no. I can't clap, clap hands and bum fist. But I, have to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I can have you as well. My eye, like, what the fuck? So, um, so what have you been, um, 
are you very active on instagram do you follow the 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 media uh, that suddenly popped to up to some or? degree to some degree i mean i'm usually following only jits related pages on instagram other than that i don't really do or maybe some animal related thing that's about it and i am uh, well i've had a couple of conversations with you and i i'm guessing you don't talk a lot of trash to people like no i not at all i mean <laughs> like some yeah, of like growing up i've always had like super like i know like i've, I've performed under pressure so i'm definitely not one of those persons to like call anyone out or like talk trash or anything right all right so i was i was i was seeing if i could get a reaction or something out of you man i can relate to that <laughs> any questions you have for us any questions uh, any uh, recommendations you have on the way we conduct this podcast uh no man i, I was really enjoyed production value that. production team dude i think with the <laughs> sign and stuff i think it was awesome <laughs> yeah see i should fuck off <laughs> don't need you uh, <laughs> but uh, it's cool man uh but first i think i mean uh, how often do you guys train what's your training schedule like for the week i, I didn't really get to um, uh, ask that so this is we're talking non corona yeah non corona time so i'm going to um, I'm going to let you down a little by letting Mohit tell you first. Mohit, go ahead. Well, um, see, we have different schedules because we have uh, different roles in the you know sense of that Ashwin trains full time and I kind of do it part time right now. Okay. Um, What do you do otherwise? I work in education, man, like yeah, education no. administration okay. stuff like that. Um, and so most of your day is spent doing that and yeah so the mornings are uh, work at school and uh, evenings 4 o'clock i reach the gym 4 okay. to 4:30 is usually advanced guys drilling okay. uh, till about 5 5:15 okay. uh, then we roll till 6:30 for an hour um, then we have the advanced class and the beginners class simultaneously by jangi who usually takes the beginners okay. class and I've been working with us on the advance uh, till about 7:30 and then some days we stay back we do some situationals we do mohit uh, some competition simulations some walk in but uh, about like 4:30 onwards till about 8 8:30 we are in the gym on the floor uh, but only an hour of that i would say is focused on just roles most of the other time is spent on specifically something else yeah. but i think ashwin has a different yeah, schedule so my schedules um uh, a little different um i am there in the morning i take privates in the morning and i get about 90 minutes of drilling in in the morning okay um are you a big like i mean are you big on like just drilling types or do you do you mix it in with yes. like a so i i drill for like 90 minutes um with a few breaks in the middle Uh, yeah. so i've recently gotten even bigger on drilling because um i've What's seen unity yes post unity of course because those guys yeah. just do it for hours on end yeah um after that um i i i go eat some lunch i grab some lunch and i'm back early afternoon immediately after lunch okay. where i i lift and i do some yoga okay um then at from 4:30 to 5:30 i drill again 5:30 to 6:30 i roll and situationals and from 6:30 to 8:30 i'm teaching again okay and on the and days you do you take part in the class as well or are you or only you're just strictly teaching and like watching uh if it's the advanced class 
Um, the advanced guys normally roll with me from 5:30 to 6:30, so I don't okay. roll with them again. Okay. But if I'm taking a beginners class, I roll with everyone. Then you roll with everyone. Okay. Um, then if I have the time in the evening, I go for a run, man. Um, so my days. And this is every day. This is every day except Sunday. That's insane. That's amazing. But, but yeah, I mean, this is I've been I've blown my knees out, and if I wouldn't do if I don't do this, I lose my mind completely, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and does the running help, like? Like make your knees feel better, or no, not at all. Running actually just helps my <laughs> mind, mind go get off. Got it. It's more of a mental thing. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's just to get my mind off. Got it. And then I study, man. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a busy schedule, but um, I've developed it over the years, and I've just started adding things to it. Yeah, I think I think that's the way to go. Add a little bit at a time, and and kind of acclimatize to one, and then add something new. Uh, what about you? Do you guys drill a lot? No. So, what is your training like? More, more positional, situational related stuff. Situational? I mean, we focus more on that, yeah, as opposed to drilling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's so many like theories floating around, though. So, I feel for me, it's more like I drill till I get the movement and I understand the movement, and from there on, it's add as many perturbations as I can. And um, yeah, so when you say that. Um, when you're when you're doing situations, do you you put these guys in positions and tell them, okay, listen, you're down two points, you're, down, you're up three points. We do that during competition. We do that during competition, but otherwise, it's purely just like skill-based approach in those positions. And and how specific are your positionals? Are they um, okay? Turtle near side overhook, fast side under uh, fast side underhook seat belt, or this hand here, this hand there. This, your head on this side. How specific is that exactly? Uh, see, sometimes if it, if it gets too specific, like maybe just winning an underhook kind of battle, mm-hmm. like I usually, I mean, I just call it a game and just tell them play this game where you win an underhook. That's it. Right? Right. And, and sometimes, and from major positions, we try to do actual, like more grappling related, like meaning try to get the finish, let's say from front to all the way to the back. And get the finish as well. It could be lengthened out, or it could only be something as small as just getting an underhook, and everything in between those, basically. And do you guys roll, or it's just positionals again? We start from positionals. We we roll twice. I mean, we roll twice a week, thrice a week. Let's say Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays in the mornings, and rolls are about forty-five minutes in total on Tuesday, and about an hour and a half. And Saturday, or from we're going to be having it from. We, I mean, we plan to have it before after we came back from Delhi, but Corona hit, and then we really haven't had a chance to like implement uh, that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like we don't have too many people that want to do open hands yet. Now, yeah. now I think the trend is starting. So, uh, so we're gonna. So we thought, okay, now would be a good time to do it. Are you big on warm ups? Uh, not necessarily like doing break falls and stuff every day. I do a little bit of mobility work before beginning every session. And, and I think like starting off like a, starting a class off with like just simple, like finishing singles and standing back up is like, is enough of a warm up. I think, yeah, I think mobility stuff generally. Yeah. Start with that and like, just make sure your joints are primed to do the movements. Mm -hmm. Especially like, I mean, 
uh, knee joints and stuff which are basically like synovial joints i think it's important that there's some sort of like motion going before you start doing anything crazy and yeah. Yeah, that's about it but not not necessarily like doing forward rolls and back rolls every day for the beginners we do it because i think it's important that they just get their bodies like kinesthetically kinesthetically aware in these positions and so for them it's going to be like a lot of like uh, break falls and like forward rolls back rolls and and sometimes i'm even big on like workouts for beginners because most of the people walking in uh out of shape yeah come yeah exactly so i think doing push-ups and like uh pull-ups and squats and all that is definitely not going to hurt their joints so it's going to actually probably make them better yeah yeah, yeah so rohit um since we were talking about positionals and stuff yeah. like uh what are your top three rules for being on top when you have top position whether it's side control mount or top half guard something like that yeah Uh, what are some things that you focus on to ensure you are there and stay there and advance? Uh, I feel a lot of like staying on top itself is more of a commitment thing, right? Because assuming the guy on the bottom is good and he's trying to come up all the time, like get, and especially good and coming up with singles, um, I think the guy on top has to be like mentally resilient enough to actually stay in that position before even the technique starts to come in. uh but otherwise like if i'm on top half guard usually i'm i'm going across his body like meaning placing my head near his shoulder so that i'm diagonally like pinning him yeah um which other positions do you stay so sorry so anything from your mount because I, i i started off like with a lot of uh, uh following roger gracie a lot in the gi so uh even in nogi I, i mean i tend to have the tendency to go to mount though it's not as valuable if you if you really don't know what you're doing though so mm-hmm. so yeah so i think some of the uh, uh, gi game transfers there but like usually in the mount i'm looking to if i can get an underhook and a cross face that's really good but i think some of the modern escapes like still lead you to trouble uh so where they where they get ashigaramis on you so i think like placing uh the <clears throat> the plantar fascia of your foot Yeah. on the hip it kind of just like yeah staying that i think at least going to keep you a little out of trouble that's something that i i didn't really do as much in the gi because it it wasn't really required because you have grips to stop them but in nogi i think it starts to become like a big factor if you're not pinning the hips with your legs i think you're in trouble a little bit interesting uh we were doing a gi class the other day and ashwin okay. in fact mentioned the same oh, thing nice. <laughs> definitely going to be using that one uh more and more nice. awesome yeah um and just my last question and our last question before we wind up uh three your top three rules for being on bottom don't be on bottom one yeah don't be on bottom is definitely uh i would say is a big big factor but if at all you are in bottom have a guard have a guard that ideally cannot be passed and <laughs> if it if at all it gets passed I would say be calm enough to have excellent like pin escapes and just behavior on pin because like usually we just see people scrambling to get back to guard. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's not not necessary that you do that. Like just just <laughs> chill and control a little bit. And as long as I, and I'm also big. I'm big on like punches though. I you guys train a lot of MMA, right? A uh, little less now, but yeah, we do have a lot of MMA classes. Yes. 
Yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, I I don't train MMA at all, but uh, I usually like train with punches in mind. So yeah. I'm doing. I, I still do a lot of like side control training and just ensure that people can't touch my face, basically. And my style of grappling also is I want it to be universal in the sense that it can be applied like gi, no gi, and MMA and whatnot. So I'm big on not letting people near my head. So <laughs> so I'm. I'm always like kind of like just stopping people from getting cross faces on me. And if at all, like in side control, they do, I kind of pin my uh, head to their arm itself and they connect to it. And so that they can't do damage. So if I, if I'm on bottom, I'm usually grappling that way because I know, I mean, competition is just like a small part of our careers and life. I think like it's, it's yeah. a little more important to just you know, learn to stay yeah. safe sometimes in these positions, <laughs> because I feel that's a lost part of jujitsu. Yeah, man. I mean, people do say like, I mean, a competitor is going to do well on the streets and stuff, but not entirely true. <laughs> I know I agree with you completely, man. Yeah. So, cool. so, so in that regard, like if at all you get stuck inside control, still and wait for your opportunity to get guard back usually. Nice. And that helps in a EBI format as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. Um, thanks, Rohit. Uh, thanks Thank so much you. for Thank joining you. us. It was an amazing talk. Your Instagram handle is Rohit underscore IJJ. The Institute of Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, much appreciated, bro. Um, Thank you so thanks. much.